This is Pucks in 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. This is going to be uh, an unusual opening. Wasn't there a song bit called Video Killed the Radio Star? Uh-huh. So we're back to doing video. Does that mean our audio is going to be killed because we're doing video again? No, we're doing both. And we're doing both beautifully. <laughs> we're back. Episode three. I'm not going to keep saying season two. Let's just say third episode of this 23-24 edition of Pucks and Seven. We're back. Uh, great to be with you, Ryan Payne, Victoria Matiash. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan and Payton at Victoria Matiash. Also, Instagram at PatesRP at Matiash Victoria. Catch us wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on the SiriusXM map. We are going to do the Eastern Conference with what's happened this week and also take a look at the Western Conference. Also, dive into some key games to come over the course of the weekend. Again, we're going to be doing this at least twice, hopefully, a week, maybe even more down the road, but we shall see with, uh, if time allows us to do that. Anyway, some great storylines. We'll talk Craig Anderson, Zach Wierenski, the Carolina Hurricanes doing what they do best. That's winning and they're scoring in the West. Are we concerned about Edmonton? By the way, how, how far into a season can people start saying they're concerned? Because th- this is the funny part for me. You're, you're week, week and a half in. Oh, my goodness. Blow the team up. Can't believe they didn't make these moves in the offseason. Look at this move. That's not working. It's been three years. I'm it's first, okay. I'm first getting a taste of it after 10 games. I still think 10 games, you start to get an idea. And also, an okay. eighth of the season is done. An eighth. An eighth isn't nothing. No, right? I'm- <laughs> I was going to go down a different pathway there, but I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> okay. But you see, when you an say it's an eighth of a season done, it's that's right. So it puts it a little bit, bit more perspective. Idea. But okay. you're not, but you're not jamming on the panic button, and you're not getting no. overly excited either if your team is doing really well right now. Like, like Detroit is off to a great start. Ottawa is off to a great start. So why don't we start there? Why don't we yeah. start in the East with two teams that we had higher hopes for this season? but still didn't really expect to be in the playoff picture by the time spring rolled around. At least I didn't, but are off to a bang and start. What do you think? Real, not real. How does it look so far to you, Ryan? What do we have for? Thanks for putting <laughs> yeah, no, the, no, e- know, the easy question. So let me see four games in. Hmm. No, I will say this uh, Detroit and Ottawa. Yeah, we did talk about them uh, in our preview show and going into the season. I did think both teams would take steps ahead like a Buffalo, for example. We'll talk about them in a bit, too. Out of the two, I'm probably more surprised and more pleasantly surprised with the way Ottawa has been playing. Um, I think when you have Timmy Stutzla, when you got Brady Kachuk, uh, Josh Norris came back the other day, by the way. Oh, Pretty wasn't good. that lovely to see? Welcome back. That was oh, so yeah. lovely to see. Rooting for that guy so yeah. hard. He's a good dude. Missed yeah. pretty much all of last season. I know he yep. didn't, but most of it. And then just and then the setback and training camp and just lousy news all around. And to see him come out and score twice in a season debut was really, really nice. It was, he had months of rehab with the shoulder. And I think it was about 270 days between games. So we're, you add less than 100 more to that. It's a full calendar year that he did not play a competitive game. It's one thing to get on the ice and practice, but it's something completely different of to course. go with in games. So they have been great at home. They're 3-1. and one. I think they're undefeated at home. They've out, I think they've outscored. The, they played the East Eastern Conference teams. They've outscored them 16-5. to five. So that is a good story so far. Is it sustainable? I'm not going to answer that. Because it's way too early. Of course it is. And I still don't <laughs> trust their defense quite as much. I think their defense is improved. I still don't trust it 
quite as much as they've shown us so far because they have played rather well. Both right. goaltenders, especially Anton Forsberg, has been really good. Corpsalo has been fine. It's uh, we'll see. It's it's interesting, and don't take anything away also from the addition of Vladimir Tarasenko, who's been effective as well. Who? Just, who's that? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh yeah, right. Him. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's not. He hasn't no fireworks so far. No. at all but he has been effective he has contributed and i like the way they look as well but i will disagree with you on one point i'm more surprised by how well detroit has gone really off. yeah okay tell me why them, yeah tell me why well just because i i think ottawa is the higher quality team on paper okay. i think detroit okay. is still a couple steps back in their rebuild but alex de has been an absolute revelation i mean he's two points a game so far i know it's yeah. early but he's also looked magnificent out there andrew cop looks great comfort looks like he's fitting in swimmingly the goaltending has been good the defense has been good and i especially the defense in detroit i was still concerned i think is maybe the word i would use and so far they look fantastic i do not think it's sustainable i still don't think that they're a playoff team but it is wonderful to see them get off to this start and i think they're absolutely trending in the right direction and good it's great red wings fans have been waiting for this for a while and now they have a reason to go down to the rink and cheer on their team i mean you always have a reason but now they have a better reason and it's fun to watch you mentioned alex to so five goals in four games, <laughs> absolutely. Is that sustainable? Who knows? But it doesn't matter. The fact is he is five in four games. But we saw um, this in Chicago, though. This isn't a complete no, revelation. He is right. a goal scorer. It was just disappointing last year in Ottawa. And now he's back to where he wants to be. And I know there's going to be a big brouhaha about that, especially when Ottawa faces Detroit, which I believe is this weekend. There's yes. He wanted to be back close to his family and all the rest of it. He's comfortable. And look at what happens when a young player is comfortable again. Now we're looking at a 40-goal scorer once more, and he is going to score 40. And I said that even before he scored five. He's going to score 40, and it's nice to see. What's interesting, too, is that a lot of the articles lately about Detroit has been or have been about their swagger and that they have a bit of that uh, good attitude. You know how I feel about egos and attitude. The good attitude on the ice, but they don't want to let that get to them and get it ahead of who where they're at right now. So just take it one game at a time. So that's interesting. Again, good for Detroit. Good on Ottawa. Love to see these early. You mentioned, do we think Ottawa's going to get in? Do we think Detroit's going to get in? Anytime we, yeah, you're shaking your head. Anytime we mention that, then who's not going to get in, right? So there's got to be two more teams that may have made it last year that won't get in, but do you think they'll get back in? So it's a whole chess game when it comes to these early predictions. Speaking of, the Bruins, go ahead. really fun, though. That division oh, is yeah. looking so fun already. Oh, it is. It is. So it is. You, you, if you had to pick a team right now not to make it, I mean, Buffalo's in the basement, and I, stick, I still think Buffalo's I still playoff think they're going to do it. I do, so, too. Right? So yeah. it's good. And that's fun. Great for the NHL. We'll reconvene in a month, and we'll see where these types of teams are because that's that's going to be key. Um, Boston on pace to eclipse the 135. <laughs> is that is that sustainable? <laughs> okay. The Bruins have played the Sharks. Yeah, I know. Possibly the worst team in the NHL. Very, the, very The Bruins close, have yes. played the Blackhawks. Uh -huh. Again, a rebuilding team. Connor Bedard aside, and the hope that's in Chicago still far from a playoff team. And they played Nashville. The cusp team. So, so what are you saying? Yeah, and they've got they're <laughs> wrapping up their West Coast swing this weekend. They're playing Anaheim. I don't know. I'm punching that one through. And LA, which might be interesting, but again, they are a better team than LA as well. LA has been in a bit of an enigma for me so far, but we're, we'll look more at that in our look ahead. But they could they could be five and zero oh 
by the end of this weekend, and I think it means jack squat. Right. So you're, you're saying you're saying that, that yeah, you're saying the schedule is playing in their favor, right? They haven't played playing. anybody okay. in the East yet. First okay. of all, their competition. Right. They've had they've had a really nice ride. Hey, they look good. You know what though, Ryan? Their top center still hasn't scored or no. contributed pretty much at all. So let's see when Past they start playing. Well. The past pardon me. Fine. Past oh yeah, pa- but Pass is always going to do fine. <laughs> I know you're not worried about David Pasternak. But no, let's no, see no, how no. they face how how they line up against the Rangers, Carolina, New Jersey, the Leafs. Let's see how they line up, or even tougher teams in the West like Colorado and Vegas. Let's just see how they line up once they start to play some other teams around the league. I still think uh, the on pace for over 135 is great. I know you love that stuff. We're going to try to keep that going. for Keep winning, Boston. Give me two more so I can keep – or three more so when we do this again, I can keep saying that. I'm with you. Uh, I don't – yeah, it's just a lot of times, too, when teams are off to good starts. I'm not saying Boston's a bad team. They're not like they were a season ago, but they're still a good hockey team. No, but sometimes – thing these wins mirror what deficiencies they may have but to your mm-hmm. point about facing a team then who is much more competitive and higher up in the standings than in san jose then we'll see if those uh, problems that they're dealing with are actually brought to the forefront right. of how they play uh buffalo calgary last year they loved to lose the one goal games they hated <laughs> ot they hated the shootout buffalo trending again early trending in that direction you had a great line on this lineup you said are the Sabres this year's flames. So, are they? I mean, we're just blowing things out of proportion, but that's fun, right? That's what we do, especially this now. This time of year, yeah. it's all about overreacting and blowing things out of proportion, and they are losing one-goal games. They're fine. Tage Thompson has one goal. Tage Thompson's going to score 40. We're going to be just fine. Buffalo is going to be just fine. We're going to give it a minute. The only concern I have so far right now is I don't want these losses to get in the head of their rookie netminder. Because right. I'm a big fan of Devon Levi. I want him to do well. I want to yeah. see him succeed. And so he's losing games. Now he isn't getting lit up horribly, but he's losing games. And I don't want it to get in here because he's still a young yeah. kid now. He seems like he's very level-headed mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, all the rest of it. So I'm not too concerned, but he's still a human being. And he's a young human being. That's key. I was just going to say that because you can be as talented and have the mental fortitude as much as you want. But over time, again, goaltending is not easy. It's not easy. It's, I think it's the worst and best position in hockey. It's terrible because everyone looks at you when you let a goal in and they take things to heart. I think we talked about that. There's not enough money in the world no. for me to do that. No matter how really? good I would be at it. No, absolutely okay, so not. Victoria's signing a, hold on. No. Victoria, uh, hold on. I'm going to offer you a one game contract. A one game, not one day, a one game contract at a hundred thousand. Would 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 you do it? No. Because that's what I would at, be known for for the rest of my life. That idiot yeah. who went and strapped on yeah. the pads for an NHL team despite but not knowing. You made the shutout, you you're the new e bug. Okay, but okay. listen to me. Even if I was good at it and I'm not, I won't even do it in beer league. Even if I was good at it, just the pressure, no thanks. Somebody else, I don't mind being part of a team and carrying my share of the load. Yeah. But just what those players take on doesn't matter what level you play at no thank you don't think you know this about me funny story not really well kind of i played goalie i played <laughs> hockey forever but I, my first position was goaltender i couldn't really skate well so they put me in goal i was really good and i loved the position we're talking when i was really really young came home one day we won a game i think i posted a shutout 
I had refs coming up to me like, wow, you know what? You've got like, you've got this. I'm like, oh, thanks. I was about, you know, a foot and a half tall. So these guys look like giants to me. Anyway, got home. My parents said, you know what? You're not going to get the most out of hockey if you play goal. So that was the end of it. To this day, I wish I still play goal. Anyway, and I had some voice back then to say, no, <laughs> when you're five or six, no. No, no, they make those calls for you. I know, so. I know. Anyway. But you enjoyed the game in a different way. Right, and, you do. Right, so. Yeah. Uh, speaking of goaltenders, Craig Anderson, I uh, love mm-hmm. when this happens. You get a uh, one-day contract with the team that really you were a huge part of, and they were a huge part of your life. Uh, 42 years of age, played the last two seasons with Buffalo. Last game, too, ironically enough, last year was against Ottawa, and now he's come full circle, so he'll sign that one-day contract, and he'll retire a cent. I think that's great. I think it's fantastic, and he has a job with the team as well. It's a very, yeah. I don't quite understand what the job is because it's not. He's not in the head office. Per he's a liaison, se. isn't he? Is that what he's it is? He's a liaison, so I mm. think he's basically. It sounds like he's a messenger between management and the players. He's going to hang out in the locker room, the dressing room, make sure everybody feels comfortable, make sure that the message from management is clear, so you don't have you know those front office types going down in there and entering a space where they're not particularly welcome right so he's i think he's going to serve as that go between and i love that i love it for that organization that's really getting into we've seen with daniel alfredson is bringing back the players and having them be a part of the organization going forward it feels like more of a family affair and i'm all over it so you yeah. you asked me this where does he rank uh in the realm of ottawa Senators goaltenders. 202 wins <laughs> yeah. he has with Ottawa. So that leads the team. So just based on that number alone, you have to think that he's up there at the top. What what gets me, I know there's been other great goaltenders that have gone through that uh that that system and that team, but I would have to say that probably he would be the top goaltender for me when it comes I'll to the I'll say it emphatically. Sense. I don't know who okay. else is challenging him for it. No, Patrick I was, like I don't, I don't know who else are we looking at. Dominic Hasek. He was there for what? A two minutes? Okay. No. Right. No, I'm with you, Anderson, for sure. With what he did, um, and you, you need you need a goaltender at in any league and at any team in order to kind of be that face. And he was, and the team was pretty successful. For a long time. Yeah, the team was pretty yeah. successful with him. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. He was never to me, and you, you probably will agree. He was not flashy at all. I mean, there was nothing really flashy about his goaltending, but he was very structurally sound, I thought. And goaltenders should look at all these goalies now. You're not going to see a Dominic Hasek ever again. You never will, because that was just an odd thing, but he made it successful. If you can be structurally sound, I thought Carey Price has been the most structurally sound one that I've ever seen. When he gets up, goes post to post, and when you're in that spot, you, you can't score. You just can't do it. So I think Craig Anderson, same thing. Anyway, good on him. Um, it was nice to see that, and he's still with uh, still with the Ottawa Senators as a liaison. Kirby Doc, uh, that's tough. I hate that was it. a tough one. I didn't think when I saw that play, when I saw that hitting, he was on the boards and the bench. I did not think it was going to turn out like that. I really didn't. But he's gone, and that's a, that's a real tough blow. It is. The only bright side, I will say, is that they figured it out immediately. I think there's nothing worse, especially when it comes to a younger player, and I still consider him a younger player, is when you're hoping, okay, let's say four to six or six to eight or three months, and then the recovery doesn't go according to plan or as quickly as you like, that really sets you back emotionally more than any thing else so at least now he can as awful of it as it is and i'm yeah. sure he's not taking any comfort from this right now but at least he can go that's it we're done okay so now we're going to look forward to next september and be fully fit then just like john uh, josh norris went through 
with mm-hmm. the senators mm-hmm. and be fully foot then look forward to it but it's it sucks large it's absolute garbage and you really feel for the kid for sure he's only 22 he missed you know 20 what? i thought he was 24 so there you go okay. only 22 so he's he, a kid kid yeah missed 24 maybe this is the 24 you thought he missed 24 games last season uh with a lower body injury so that's the acl and the mcl yeah and at the time, that's you think, shredded, man, like, right? Shredded. You, I've torn my um, ligaments in my in my foot, and that still to this day, all these things you're finding out about me. I tore the ligament in my foot, and still to this day, it's not great. But I would much rather maybe have a break. Not that I'm wanting yeah. this for anybody, but anyway, uh, only 22. He'll be back at some point, but hopefully. That knee and everything. Um, Let's not discuss he, which injuries we prefer to sustain. No, 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 no. Like I, we're we're you see, a little bit. I would, uh, just yeah. like that. I'd rather tear my patella than like, yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> so here's a new segment. This week, what injury, <laughs> this segment, what do you want to have happen to which you? Which <laughs> Anyway, uh, Zach Wierenski, he's uh, back oh, as well. That's big I'm news. So Great stuff. Yeah, me I'm too. So happy. I'm so that happy. Did not, I'm so happy. That, that looked to me when it did happen, it could be really, really long term, but it's not. And then after under. after the shoulder nonsense last year, yeah. I mean, at least it was, as I said, at least it's his knee and not his shoulder, okay, which is so strange, again, <laughs> yeah. comparing which would you rather. The, yeah. uh, it's, you, you could, you could look at that and go, first of all, it sounded like a Charlie horse and you're like, oh, that's no big deal. Then it sounded like four to six weeks-ish. Yeah. And now he's going to, hopefully, it sounds like he's making his return for the Columbus Blue Jackets on Friday. Excellent news. Can people just not touch this guy for five damn minutes? Honestly, can we just see him play for a little bit? I know that's not the way the game works, but honest to goodness, he's one of the better defenders in the game. I really like watching him play. He is absolutely essential to that Blue Jackets team. Any type of success. It's not going to be huge, but he's massive and I'd like to see him back. One thing he, um, and I read this too this week that he's kind of salty on that hit. It was oh, half yeah. the way that did it. And Called he said, dirty. yeah, I knew right away that when it happened, it was my knee and my leg, but he said it was dirty. What do you think? I think there was some to it. It's hard. It, it's hard to, I mean, we've seen dirtier plays, obviously. The but knee I'll, on knee, it was away from the play. Yeah. I, um, there's no... It's always knee on knees are funny because you're almost putting yourself in as much danger as your adversary. A- absolutely. You can, you can blow yourself up yeah. the same way. It's not like issuing an elbow to the head where right. you're the aggressor, right? Things can just go sideways for both parties involved here. It was completely unnecessary. I'm fine with no suspension, but I think it could have been avoided. Stay tuned for the next podcast for the next installment of This Week in Injuries with Ryan <laughs> yeah, and Victoria. Right. <laughs> uh <laughs> Let me throw these numbers at you. 822, uh, 664, 1486. Those are the goals, assists, and points that Alex Ovechkin's had. 1,350, those are the games played. Three games played this year, um, not so good. Four shots on goal, the last two held without a shot. Last season, he had first three games, 13 shots. Season before, 13 shots. Season before, nine shots. Season before, 14 shots. You know where this is going. Is there anything wrong with this? I think he's fine. And I think I he's, do too. Uh, they're playing Montreal on the weekend. Capitals yep. are playing Montreal. Um, Montreal is not one of the more intimidating teams in the league. We'll put it that way. I am already predicting that Alex Ovechkin is going to hit the net six times, score at least once. And I think the Capitals come away with a win. And I oh, think wow. we're all going to <laughs> hush up because okay. you know how annoyed he is right now. I know. 
right? Yeah, I know. So I don't, on my own particular betting app, I haven't been able to make the wager yet, but I am going to make that wager that he will score and the Capitals will win. And uh, I think it's going to, I think it's going to come through. What's got me about this whole thing is why do we even care? Why do we even talk about the fact that he has been held two games for the first time ever without a shot? Because it's so unusual. But does not matter? Of course it matters. There's nothing wrong with him. But everyone's making a big story about, oh, is he getting older? Oh, is he not going to the net as much? Has he lost his this? Has he lost his that? I think That's he has. Point. I think he does look a little itsy bitsier slower. Really? Okay. Yeah, I okay. do. And I don't know if that's because I'm reading into the fact that he's 38 years old and I'm looking too much into that. Or if because we're, we're hearing about the lack of shots in, the, in two games in a row, I'm looking for it. Or if he's just a little rusty to start the season. And I know that's not been his I, MO, but right. at the same time, sometimes at 38, maybe you need a little bit of a warm up. Sure. We consider him such a machine and such a wizard out there that I think maybe we put a little bit too much pressure and expect too much for him because he is 38 years old. He isn't 28 anymore. And he is going to be a little bit different. And maybe he has to make some adjustments internally and physically to accommodate for his aging body. So we'll see if he makes, but I think he's going to be just fine. I do think he's going to be just fine, but he doesn't look totally Ovi to me yet. But what's so intriguing about that is because he keeps himself in great shape. You wonder how can, if there is, if he is slower and if things are slowing down, how can it be so dramatic from an off season from 37 to when he's 38? That's what I mean. Uh, so I think it's a slow start. That's all it is. He'll be fine. It took him three games to get the first goal last season. Yes, he had more shots, whatever. It'll come. Just here's what you do. You put him on the power play. You just play him with that. You don't play him any other time over the course right. of the game. He'll be guaranteed shots. You and tell everybody him that. I you will. tell him he's only playing on uh, the power hey, play. Hey, Ovi. Yeah, you're just doing the power play. It's yeah, going to go over like, swimmingly. No, forget you. Forget that. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, you and I, among many, have picked them to be right at the end of this whole thing. Um, perhaps when the Stanley Cup is lifted in June, this team is scoring, and they're scoring in bunches. Who do you think is the defender that now leads the NHL in scoring? Oh, you put me on the spot. Well, who, who are we talking about? Brady Shea. I was so going to say Brady Shea. So if you would ask me... Uh-huh. A month ago, if you thought right. the chance that Brady Shea would be in the top 15 of scoring to start this season, I would have said probably not, and I would have taken the odds. But he is. He's now leading. Now everybody's scoring for the Carolina Hurricanes. It's been a great group effort so far. Even without Sebastian Ajo, they're scoring. They're also allowing more goals than anybody else in the NHL. So the Carolina Hurricanes are very exciting to watch right now. I'd be a little bit nervous if I was a Hurricanes fan just because of the porous nature of their defense. Now, we don't know what's going on with Freddie Anderson either because he took that puck to the face the other day. Anthony Ranta gave up a thousand on Thursday night. So they're exciting to watch. A lot of run and gun, highfalutin offense. They're getting Svechnikov back. Hopefully Aho isn't out for long. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, their defense but is contributing as well. 24 goals for, 24 goals against. Isn't that amazing? It's and it's, so it's, fun. It, 4.8 yeah. both ways. Well, it's not fun. <laughs> it's super fun. <laughs> it's, yeah. There's no chance that at the end of the season, Carolina is in top spot in their division and they have the exact same goals for and the goals against. Oh, it's just not, not. going to happen. But for happen. right now, it's right very now, amusing. It's, it it's very amusing. And I'm hey, with you Brady with Fre- Shea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with you with Freddie. Certainly you wonder about that going yeah. uh, going forward. Uh, the Hurricanes scoring, the Flyers, I know they came off and we're going to talk about Edmonton in the next segment too. They came off a win against them, beating them 4-1. to one. Um, How about them? 
the one quick flyers note we don't have to spend too much time because it's still again they've only played three games i believe yeah. how nice was it to see cam atkinson score honest yeah, to goodness nice. yeah. after missing no there's here's your kirby doc story after mm-hmm. missing the entire season last year yeah. and having issues even before then to score his first pair playing on that top line with philadelphia he looks himself again 19 20 minutes a game the last couple wonderful to see because you knew how upset he was and yeah. how depressed he was is missing all of last year so it's really great thing to see the flyers aren't going to win more than they lose they're just not they're not at, they're not there yet but to see Couturier back, to see Cam Atkinson back, playing yeah. with a kid like Owen Tippett, who has so much promise as well. Oh, there's, yeah. uh, there's again, there's like in Detroit, there's another reason to watch the Flyers again. I don't again, they're not gonna win a ton, but they're gonna be more competitive than they were last year. And Atkinson Couturier are two reasons why. Connecting off to a good start oh, and Carter yeah, but Hart. He's always great though. I know. He's always fantastic. Carter Hart three and one. Three and one. Again, yes, early fine, but two point oh one goals against nine twenty nine percentage. That's not sustainable for him with that team. But at the same time, so much discussion going into the season was, you know, who is this guy? I've been, I've been so behind him. I have, I, I think he has a ton of talent. Um, four games. We'll just leave it at that. Three and one. Uh, last one before we hit the West, the devils. And I love this. So we looked about the Sabres or Buffalo is Buffalo. This year's flames are the devils, Vic. This year's Calgary Flames. Devils look great, and they're losing one goal games too. That's going to even itself out. That <laughs> so team is stacked, man. The yeah. only my only question is about goaltending, and I've said this over and over and over again. I know you're bored of hearing it, and so is everybody no, else. But, but is Vanacek the guy? I don't think he is. No. I think Schmidt is your better option there, and we're going to see how long it takes them to maybe not necessarily figure that out. But if that's how that it ends up working out, and I think that's going to get sorted sooner rather than later, because the rest of that team is just in glorious condition. Yeah, it's locked and loaded, but they're 1-1-1, one, one, and, one, and mm-hmm. they have scored, what, I think 10 goals? They've scored 10 and given up 11. You're, I, I'm not tired of hearing about the goaltending in, in New Jersey. I think every single person going into, when they were looking at the Devils' season, there's no problems up front. There's none at the on the back end. Lindy Ruff just signed an extension. But the question, even going into the postseason last year, was... Vanacek and Schmidt in goal. So it's still the same thing. A lot of games to go, though. The Devils won one and one through three. Okay, that's the East. We're going to take a break, come back and talk about the West, and then we'll look ahead to some games to come that we like. Tasty matchups for the weekend. Ryan Payton, Victoria, Matty Ash, Pucks and Seven. We will be right back. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton. And Victoria Madiash. This is Fox and Seven. That is Ryan Payton. I am Victoria Madiash. Got her names correct this time. Okay. (laughs) I've everything to get right. And honest to goodness, it's still morning. Like, there's no reason for me to... uh, feel any squiggly at all this is pucks at seven of course it is we should mention mm-hmm. in case that some things happen over the weekend and maybe you're listening next week and some of the, our items are now going to sound irrelevant at that point it is friday october the 20th we're heading into the weekend 15 games on saturday yeah. and uh so yeah worth mentioning that a couple of neat things too i love the this date in hockey history thing so going back to october 20th 93 um, Martin Broder got his first NHL shutout. First NHL shutout, 1993, 4-0 win over the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Uh, that was 1970- 30 years ago. 30. Yeah. Crazy. Three yeah. 
zero. And Three zero. you know what? I remember him coming into the league. You remember that? Crystal there was a clearly. picture. He looks so young. <laughs> so young. Yeah, well, at the time, so did we. Yeah, well, that's true. You still do. Uh, Ovechkin getting sure. his 900th point 2015, and Yarmar Yager scored his 750th goal on this date in 2016. So, talk about an ageless wonder. Oh my god, he's still playing, yeah. as far as I know. So, yeah. Yeah. amazing. We should uh, start. So now we're going to look at the Western Conference because we just yeah. wrapped up the East. And first and foremost, we should congratulate Leo Carlson of the Anaheim. I was going to call them the Anaheim Mighty Ducks because I, I know still you always were. do. Always <laughs> yes, in my I head, just said they that. Will always yeah. be the Anaheim Mighty Ducks to me. He uh, played his first game. If that wasn't enough, he scored his first goal. Yeah. If that wasn't enough, it was gorgeous. Top shelf beauty against Jake Ottinger, who's no slouch in the Dallas Stars. And the Ducks didn't win, but they kept it tight with a very good Dallas team. Congratulations to the 18-year-old. What a debut. He deserves all the kudos in the world. Maybe this will now keep Jake Ottinger's ego down. Remember how we talked oh, about it? Oh, you're so concerned about that. <laughs> I love the swagger. More know, swagger, more swagger. Hey, speaking of that, the, the fanfare and the buzz after Bedard from the draft is not nearly the same level as Bedard. Not even so, close. Not even close. So Carlson taken second. Um, it was really good. I love that. Everyone's going to remember the draft with Connor Bedard. Everybody will. Drafts to me are so significant and memorable if you can remember the top three. And good on him. He said he was nervous a couple of shifts in, but yep. then, and then everyone was, Troy Terry, I think, was saying, this guy looks like he's been playing here for a long time. It's not it like it was. Said this, he didn't look right? like an 18 year old making his debut. Yeah. Yep. So to 18, 18. What I love years what the of age. Ducks did is they didn't fart around and toss him on the fourth line and play him 10 minutes because sometimes you see it done that way. Yeah. And I don't like it. They played him top line center with Troy Terry, with Trevor Zegris, gave him the opportunity to play 19 minutes yeah. in your NHL debut. Put him 18 in. year old kid, but you might as well. The Ducks aren't going anywhere this year. No. The Ducks know that. Everybody yeah. knows that. Give this kid his reps because this team and is on the upswing and you want him to be in fine form by the time you get there. You just make sure the Ducks develop him the way that they're developing him and give him time. I'm all for the whole, oh, do you need to send them down? Do you need to do this? They're not quite ready. If you have that talent at that age and on it, he's in a great spot. I know the Ducks aren't going to be winning hockey games, but he's in a good spot. There's no pressure. So you just develop your game and the Ducks, uh, it was great to see. So. Watching that kid, to me, he's must-see TV as well. A lot of guys are, but he's also must-see TV. Uh, the Blues are not must-see TV, are they? They at stink. This point? <laughs> they can't score. Okay, moving they on. They cannot score. <laughs> no, they can't. And we expected this. I yes. mean, we've had our surprises so far this season. We talked about Ottawa earlier. We talked about Detroit earlier. We talked about the Flyers earlier. This is not a surprise. Ahead of the season, when you hear this team is relying on Jordan Cairo and Robert yeah. Thomas to lead this offense. Hefty contracts, players, hefty contracts, by the way. And, and, and two good players, but yep. to lay it all on them, and then yep. everybody almost feels like an afterthought. And now you look at them, how many goals do they have so far? Three? Five. They have five in three games. Yep. Okay, so all right. 
given up. Five and three games. Yeah. Who's even underselling them a little bit, which is probably unfair. But it's uh, five and three games isn't going to cut it. And I can't even believe I'm saying this because I've been so critical of this player for the last two, three seasons. But Jordan Bennington has been the best player on that team. Sorry, what? Uh, so what? I, 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 think, I know. I, I think it's in my throat. Jordan <laughs> Bennington has been the best player on wow. that team. And I'll eat it. I will absolutely eat okay. that. He has been fantastic and he needs some scoring support and he's not getting it. And they better figure out how to get it soon. Craig Berube better figure out how to get it sooner. He's yeah. not going to be working very much longer. Verana, uh, Blaze, Cairo, and Tucker, the only ones that have goals in Ugh. the first uh, three games. Bushnevich, none. Um, well, okay, Bushnevich is hurt. So okay. he okay. can't score from the infirmary. But No, yes. well, that would be pretty impressive. I was just going down some of the names that say in a month from now, uh, Kevin Hayes, nothing. Uh, Thomas, nothing. You know? So anyway, um, Jordan Bennington, yeah, the numbers, 0. 0.92 goals against average. Okay. And MVP. looked good doing it. No, I know. So I know. he must be really frustrated right now. They better figure it out fast. Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I'm telling you, give the give the cup back to Vegas. <laughs> Maybe the Avalanche will say something about yeah. it, but that's fine. And we'll say it again. The season is very young. See, I didn't use, oh, it's early. I said the season is very young. But man, these teams look good. And Vegas, I mean, Colorado, one thing, but Vegas looks super, super good. We had. I know both of us agreed that Vegas, Colorado, and Edmonton yep. were going to come out. Those were the three to watch in the West. A notch above, let's say, everybody else. And they have been, two of them have been exactly right. We're going to get to Edmonton in a minute. But those two have been absolutely outstanding. And I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Carolina is playing Colorado. And just the offense against Colorado's nifty defense the best I can I think we can say those two have the best defenses. Well, the numbers say that say as much. Yeah. But Vegas and Colorado, they have it all. They're good in they're solid in net. They're solid on the blue line. They have superstars up front. They can put it in the net. They are the full package. You're right, Ryan. Vegas doesn't look tired. No. They don't look tired at all. And Colorado looks like Colorado from last year and the year previous as well. I think the whole Stanley Cup hangover thing is complete garbage i think it's it nonsense. used to be a thing i think okay, it used to thank be a you. thing okay fine yes it did but in I think the it's... 80s when you took the summer off and you uh -huh. drank a case of beer celebrating right. every single day but now these these players treat no. their bodies like machines they're, they maybe yeah. they party for a week maybe a week and a half and then they're back in the gym or they're working out with gary roberts who's turning them into you know pretty much specimens that don't even look recognizable to the rest of us right so they're just in such great shape they don't eat chicken wings Sadly, I think. But anyway, it's up to them. <laughs> They're but missing out. They're missing out. <laughs> They're also making eight mil a year, so maybe yeah. it's worth not making and uh, not eating yeah. chicken wings. But right, so it's a whole different the way that they approach the game and the younger players buy all into it, right? So I bet you Conor Bedard hasn't had a hamburger in like fifteen years. Oh, They're probably just, not. This no, is the way not. that they behave. So the yeah. hangover thing just doesn't exist. Yeah, anymore. and if he does, he goes to his room for the night. He's been a bad boy. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. been a bad boy. Uh, the Avalanche—they've scored fifteen goals, given up four. Vegas—they've oh, scored twenty, goodness. and they've given up eight. Oh. Uh, Vegas five and zero, and the Avalanche four and zero. Combined nine and zero. Not too bad. Those teams at a all. Cut above. Yeah. Uh, attendance issues. This has been something that we've seen early on in the season and a few teams I want to specifically talk about, but one we really want to talk about are the Winnipeg Jets. And we talked in the break too. When you have attendance issues, 
uh, in the National Hockey League. Arizona's had attendance issues forever. Of course, it's a little <laughs> bit better now because they don't need a whole like 15, 20,000. It's a packed house. There's 5,000 people. That's fine. To me, I'd play in a packed house for 5,000, an empty one with 9,000 with a 20,000 seat stadium. Me too. But you need, there's certain teams in certain markets that need attendance to succeed and survive. And this is a little bit of a concern. And there's so many angles we can take on this, but especially with Winnipeg right now, no one's showing up. And it's super, I mean, just the contrast with when they came into the league yeah. several years ago. And they were given a time period to send, to sell the season's the season tickets packages. And they, it was done by Monday. Like, it was yeah. just immediately sorted out. I wrote an article about it at the time. I remember it very specifically. And everybody was a little bit caught by surprise at how popular that ticket was in Winnipeg. I wasn't because it's in Winnipeg. Like, I mean, this is what you want to do. You want to go to a hockey game. Right. But they're not going now. Yeah. They had a great matchup the other night. The opposition escapes me. Can you look it up for me? This is like last, not last night, but the night before, I believe. 11,000 showed up. Yeah. 12,000. And this is not a huge arena. They need to pack this out. They need bums in seats. This is a small market. If I was running or owning the mm -hmm. Jets, I would be incredibly concerned right now. So some of the numbers, the Jets are only filling out at 80% capacity. They had a sellout opening night. The next game, just over 16,400, and then down to the 11,000. That was the lowest ever game in Jets 2.0 uh, history. Buffalo, same kind of thing. Sellout opening night. The next game, 12,258. San Jose in their third game, only 10,000. Well, San Jose building. makes sense. I mean, the, the honest product isn't quite there, but right? There's a, but there's also people saying, because based on the I'm not going to get political, but based on the world that we live in, based on the economy, based on there's a lot of people struggling. And is this now going to be an issue of okay, can people not afford now? I think the go, economy. I think to go people to these are games. struggling with inflation, with the rising prices. When this is not political, this is just life. With right, the it's rising, life. Okay, the rising costs of food and mortgage rates and all the rest of it. No, I do. I think it is a little bit yeah. more difficult. So the NHL is going to have to think about that long term because unlike the NFL that relies so much on their television revenue. It's, it's just a right. completely a different bag of bananas, right? Like the NHL needs people to go to hockey games. So maybe there's, you're going to start thinking about some packages and some deals because you'd rather have that seat filled at half price than right. empty altogether. Empty altogether. So um, kind of a back to injuries. Here we go. Our favorite topic uh, in this podcast. Um, and this is not an ironic thing, but the fact is it came against his old team, <laughs> Gabe Velarde, gone four to six, the sprained MCL in the right knee. I would say four to six, fine. Um, maybe more than that, depending upon certainly where Winnipeg is. I want to talk about Hellebuck in a second as well. He's not playing well. Um, Blake Lazat, though, he got tangled up. He got tripped uh, by Lazat again, again, a game against the Kings. And of course, Velarde, that was his former team. Hate to see that. Hate to see any injuries. Certainly when you're going into year one with a new team, this one's extra hurting, I guess. Especially because he was playing on the top line and had a real opportunity to produce with Mark Scheifele right. and Kyle Connor and right. now Mason Appleton. For any of you who play fantasy hockey, you might want to pay attention to how he manages in that role because it's a very plum role. And we were all a little excited to see what he was going to make of his fresh career in Winnipeg after just a handful of years with Los Angeles. And hopefully it's four to six. Hopefully we see him back at the end of November. But this was an accident. Yes. I know we mentioned it's it, against his old team, but they just got tangled. This was not the Zach Varensky situation at all, but it's lousy. 
this is what they call a hockey play gone bad. Is that yeah. fair enough to say that? I think that'd um, be totally fair. Yeah, fair enough to say that. Hockey play gone bad. That's too bad. I wanted to mention Hellebuck quickly, um, going through the whole... and. The fact that he signed an extension, I know we talked about this last time, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. I know Winnipeg's not been out of the gate too well, but he's had three games played, 4.38 goals against, and an 8.43 save percentage. This is for a guy that, again, just signed that big contract and is going to get the same amount as Shifley, I guess, that the same contract over the next seven years, I think it was. That's fine. Good on you. But if you want to be paid like that, and if you... if the fact that Winnipeg has kept him, which I thought that they would trade him in the... I'm, I, I still think this is going to happen, even though we signed the contract. I do think he will get dealt at some point this season. That's a I really very, do. very, very, very bold statement. I know it's it is. Gonna I know. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. Just like I, some of my well, picks from who's going to win the cup, but I'm not going to go through <laughs> those again. Signed for, but they signed long-term, though. I if understand. If signed that. a three-year I understand. extension... I understand. Okay. Okay. Anything can happen, but I'm just saying. Like get it together. No, it's and interesting. Bo- I love it. I love. Yeah. I love those bold predictions. I think they're yeah. fantastic. I'm still hoping Kane goes to Chicago. I'm still I on know that. You uh, are okay. Carry on. Hey, <laughs> you just got back from a nice visit out in uh, Western uh, California or California, LA. Talk a bit about that. That seemed like a lot of fun. Yeah, I was. I was gone for ten days altogether, and it was uh, personal as well. Attended a really, really lovely wedding. Spent some time in San Inez wine country, which anybody who knows me knows that I'm very happy being there. And then no. uh, spent a handful of days <laughs> in Los Angeles. Actually, had uh, a really, really gorgeous meal Friday night with Dennis Bernstein. For anybody who listens, DB, anybody who listens to the NHL Network or just knows him in hockey circles, is a wonderful man. We had a wonderful evening. Great food, great conversation. And then I actually was able to take in the Kings game live uh, from the press box. It was very gracious of them to invite me in there. And uh, it's always neat. I love traveling to different arenas in general, just to get the different perspective, but it's always a little bit different. We don't go to games every week, you and I. So it's mostly television for us. And just to sit there and to take in the entire rink and to see what everybody's doing away from the camera lens. It's amazing. You get a completely different perspective. And I will say this, you always learn more. That's the reason people go to games. That's the sure. reason journalists and beat writers go to the games. That's the importance of it is to see. And I think in hockey, it matters more than it certainly matters more than baseball. It matters more than basketball when you can you can fit everything into one shot, right? So hockey's different. There's always different things going on, and I always come away with the appreciation for one player in particular, one or two players in particular that you don't. Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore impressed the heck out of me. The, Let me ask you what what impressed you the most? All around game. Everything. He was everywhere. Okay. He was doing everything all of the time. Right. And he was, it was a banger of a game, went to a shootout, went to a very long shootout. Some of us from the uh, <laughs> the East Coast got a little tired when mm-hmm. it started to go. Again, near. get rid of the shootout. Carry on. <laughs> but it was an entertaining affair for sure. It was, uh, no, he just, all the little things, playing physically, yeah. winning battles, not giving up. I think his offensive prowess doesn't get enough attention. So I'll just say that. Trevor Moore really, really impressed me seeing him live because we always talk about different players on the Kings. Yes. Kopitar, Giordani, right. and these different figures, but he uh, didn't blow me away, but really impressed me. Yeah, and that's really good because, uh, for example, somebody who really does not know much about the Kings, they only know about the key names. You mentioned the Dowdies and the Kopitars or whatever. Who's Trevor? Who? Who's that? But now, if they're listening, okay, 
And those are the those are the players that you need on that team, on any team in the NHL. Do things quietly, but you do all the things quietly very, very good. And you make some noise with that. Speaking of making noise, the Kraken, how about this? <laughs> the season is turned around. This yeah. team is going on a run. No, no, no. One, no, no. one win. Stop. This team, <laughs> hey, one's better than none. Yes. But the fact is 13 different players were involved in a goal in this last game. And that means exactly what the blueprint is for success for this team. What they did last season, this team is going, no, they're not. I'm kidding. They're not going on a run, but it was nice to see them fight. They scored seven times. They yes, scored they seven did. times. I, I'm not, I just, I don't, I don't think they're a good <laughs> hockey team. So it's okay, great. I'm, like I'm trying I to spread what some we saw, yeah. what we saw, of course you want to see them win some games because yeah. Seattle Kraken fans deserve that. They're not, they're not a terrible hockey team. I just no. don't think they're a contender. And when they got off to such, such a sluggish start, I did enjoy, um, told you sewing everybody who would listen to me. So I, I mean, I find this recent win a little annoying because I have to, I have to muffle that for a couple of minutes, but I think uh -huh. on the weekend they're going to be back in the, in the lost column and I can start. I told you sewing again. <laughs> okay. Um, last one before we hit the, uh, the oh, some boy. games, some key right. games to come. Yeah. We saved this till the end. Um, again, we, what are we into the season? A week and a half? Is that what, is that what we're in? I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to use different words outside of, oh, it's early and all this type of thing. I think let's just say we can have whatever it sure. is. Edmonton. Edmonton can score. They proved that last season. This team, out of all the teams, is surprising me the most of how sluggish, sluggish this start is for them. I think they look disorganized. Okay, yeah. That, that's, I, a, that's a great word. That's a great way to put it. They're, they're sl a little sluggish as well, but not to a player. Because as a, I, as a group, as a group, okay, but I, they look disorganized uh -huh. to me. And they had that big win earlier this week, the only one, and it was like, okay, now they're getting back on track. And right. then they just got lit up last night. So right. what? I don't know quite what to make all that firepower. And they do have a firepower. And as you just mentioned, Ryan, they're not having any issues scoring really, but just they look disorganized. This is a, a family friendly show no no um, come on give well, me give me your best samuel l jackson in a mood oh <laughs> which one do you want me to pick everyone he has his famous line jay woodcroft went off on the team and he used um, some choice words um but he said among the things that we can say well if you want to take it from here you can because you know how i feel about those types of profanity things but he said they lack the urgency and now what they need to do, the next game is against Winnipeg. And maybe let's just lead into get some of the games to come in the week. And that's an intriguing one for me. It's going to be home. The team needs to put on a good show. They do. And this is not just going to McDavid or Dreisaitl, the guys that everybody looks to every single night. Because they're not going to do it every single night. Case in points, what happened? This is a team game. Evander Kane has also been really a step behind he mm -hmm. seems to be that so maybe this is just them maybe they have some sort of hangover from this past off season i don't know from the season before but jay woodcroft if they keep doing this his post-game conferences are going to be just as nasty if not more than this last if he holds on to his job that's part oh, of no, it as no. well you think so you think I this has no, to i don't think so but okay. if they lose this is an excellent so, hockey team on paper if they continue to lose games they can't fire the whole team that's the old expression in all team sports you so can't get rid the, of everybody if edmonton and the blues continue down the same road who gets canned first oh craig marube is is number okay. one in my mind okay. i think he's early stages he's in the most danger of losing his job right. but the blues aren't a great hockey team 
it's just, I only say that because Craig Ruby has been there a long time and maybe they're just not listening to him anymore. And you can look at it from that lens, right? Okay. Through that lens. Whereas Edmonton is supposed to win. Right. Already. I mean, we were all excited about Connor Brown playing on the top line with Connor yes. David, and he's yes. already been demoted. Again, early stages, as well, you say, he's already been demoted to the bottom six. They're trying so. to find something. That is a coach's worst nightmare. I'm going to say a coach's worst nightmare is going winless to begin the season. The coach's other worst nightmare is to not have as many wins as you do out of the gate in the amount of games, say four. But the worst one to me is when you're trying to find chemistry already and you're shuffling lines and you're changing each unit that you have out there. That to me just makes it, you shouldn't have to do that. Whatever you practiced in preseason, that should be the lines and the makeup of your team early, but he's got to do it. He's the coach. Got to find some sort of, of desperation, though. Yeah, I know. Reeks of desperation. Also, they've given up 17 goals in four games. That's not going to cut it. No, I know. I know. And I said Jack Campbell was going to be fantastic. He was one game. Okay. Hey, one's better he than none. He was one game. Okay. Speaking of games, uh, you have a few that you want to touch yeah. on. Uh, the one that have piqued your interest for the weekend. This weekend is exciting. First of all, we get to see the Islanders really play because they've only played two right. games so far. So they actually, I think we've got them against, I just lost my earbud, but I can manage. Uh, we've got them against the Sabres and Devils over the weekend. Um, I already mentioned I'm looking forward to Carolina, Colorado. I just think, yeah. I think that could be explosively amusing. So depending on how it all turns out, because you've got the offense on both teams, you've got a Carolina squad that's giving hemorrhaging goals right now. I think it's going to be an eight to five game for the Avalanche. But you I'll know leave what? It that. It's going to be something like that. Yeah. I more think six, three, but I, I like okay. eight to five even better. Big okay. weekend for the Flames. Eh? Yeah. They're one of the few teams that plays twice. And they're one of only two teams that doesn't play on Saturday. So they have the luxury of playing Friday and Sunday. And then I'm not going to call it easier competition, although Columbus on Friday night, I would say is slightly easier competition. So let's see what this Flames team now looks like mm-hmm. uh, over a weekend where they're not playing that key Saturday date. I've got that one. Uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay Lightning are always fun for me. That's just going to be a fun game. Altogether. Yeah, it is. And it always is. Toronto doing that Florida swing uh, right another, now. There's another eight, five, six, three, oh, seven, four easy. game for you. Easy. For sure. The Leafs just, hey, give up. The Leafs are playing some of the teams, but the Leafs are playing like Edmonton did in the 80s. And if you're lucky to win 8-5, to five, great. But you're going to lose 7-4 to four or whatever it is. They give up a ton of goals. Same kind of thing. Okay. What's I on your slate? You. What's that? I said, what's on your slate? My slate. I agree with your games too. Uh, really good ones. Uh, Jets and Edmonton, I did talk about that. That one is key. More so for Edmonton because they are at home and they've been laying eggs. Vegas and Chicago... Because number one, I want to see if Vegas can go to 6-0. Chicago, Connor Bedard is, boy, he's faced, who hasn't he faced when it comes to top draft picks in the opening weekend change of his season and of his career? And Chicago, the same thing. They've had a tough schedule. So that's going to be intriguing. And I also had Detroit and Ottawa. I think maybe we talked about that a bit early on in the the show. But Detroit, Ottawa is big. Two teams playing well, exceeding expectations perhaps. But at the same time, it's going to be, a pretty good game between two clubs, which are fun to watch at the moment. So those are the games that I have. I like all of them as well. I'm just worried about the Blackhawks in Vegas. I think that could be a relatively lopsided affair. (laughs) (laughs) 
Could be, or it could be. Is it? It's in. It's in Chicago. It's in Chicago. Okay. So let's just give them that, and maybe sure. Bedard goes off for a hat trick. I don't know against Vegas's defense. I'm just okay. trying to throw something. It would be there. super exciting. It would be a great story. Super. It'd exciting. be a great story. Okay, we're out of time. Been a lot of fun. We're going to be back at it in a few days. Enjoy the weekend. A ton of games to come on Saturday. Not much on Sunday. Again, this is a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday kind of league. I know you love that. No, you don't like that. I don't. I don't no. either. I know. Keep the same amount of games every day, but we can't do that. Anyway, they follow can't. us on Twitter at Ryan M. Payton, at Victoria Mattyash, uh, Instagram, Paints RP, and also at Mattyash Victoria. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Also on the Sirius XM app. On behalf of Vic, I'm Ryan. We will talk to you next time. This has been Pucks in 7, available on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts.